Hey, good morning. Let's open our Bibles, 1 John chapter 4. We're going to actually finish chapter 4 today. Yeah. We're just marching right along. Um, we had prayer here on Friday night, and let me tell you, it was very sweet, very awesome. We had a prayer Friday night and uh, kind of gathered right here. And it was just awesome. It was just real. And prayer, I heard on the radio um, earlier in the day where a guy said, you know, prayer is just like us saying that we need help. Just prayer in itself is just acknowledging that we can't do it and that we need help. And that's what, you know, pray whenever you get a chance. I know uh, one more, one last thing I want to say about this is, is we have prayer in a lot of different places and a lot of different times. We have prayer before the service. We have prayer, you know, on this Saturday morning, special family prayer. We have prayer at the women's study. We have prayer at the Bible study. We have prayer all over. But, the, you know, we have prayer at the end of the service for people who, would want to pray. We have a guy and we have a girl usually to pray for people. And I, and I just want to encourage you, if you really have some need, I have seen God do incredible things for people who have willing to say, you know what, I need prayer. But so often, I, I, and I see that a lot in our own lives, that we, we don't utilize the, thing, the things that are available to us. And it's underutilized, and I think we have people here, that they'd love to just pray for you. You don't even have to tell them the details, but they will pray for you, and God will do something, I promise you, because I've seen it. So, last week we talked about this fact that we love, we love Him, we love one another, because He first loved us. He was the one who initiated. He was the one who made that first move, and and really, we love just in response to the fact that he loved us. We didn't deserve it. We didn't earn it. In fact, the opposite is always true, that he just loves us. He loves you no matter what, no matter who you are, no matter what you've done. He loves you. And, and for us, it's just a response to the fact that he loved, he loved me that much. And so I, I, I just love him because of what he's done for me. And, and, then, and then we talked about the fact that we're also called to love others like he loved and uh, take initiative, make the first move. I got a phone call the other day by somebody here over there, and he said, I'm just taking the initiative. <laughs> and I had to laugh about that. You know, we just need to make some moves, do something, reach out, call someone, stop the excuses. We have too many excuses. You know, I'm just too busy. I'm too tired. I'm too nervous. I'm too whatever, whatever, whatever. Jesus did, you know, he faced all those same kinds of things, and yet he loved. So we're supposed to love. We're called to love like he loved. Today, we're going to look at verses 20 and 21, and, and 
the question is this, uh, are we a pretender or are we the real deal? Are we a pretender or are we, our, are we the real deal? A pretender is somebody who acts, somebody who, you know, is, is a fake, really, a deceiver. Some of the definitions of this word pretender, a fraud or hypocrite. We know about that word, hypocrite, imposter. Charlatan, a liar. This is one of the words we see in our verses today. The real deal, though, is someone who is, who is authentic, who's genuine, who's true. There's truth. Now, that doesn't mean that we're perfect. But, but you know, we... we and I, and I, had, I was thinking about this in terms of church, you know. Church should be a place where you can go and let down the masks, Right? But sometimes it's just the opposite. We come to church and we think we've got to be, you know, Joe spiritual. And we put on the mask. And, and that's not, you know, that's not the way it's supposed to be. This is a hospital where we come and, and we get healed up so that we can go out there and face and fight. So, you know, we're all like this. I mean, we all, we're all guarded to one degree or another, and some of us more guarded than others. You know, we're not willing to, like, open ourselves up at all. But I think we're missing out. Again, uh, we're missing out. And the, the question, are we a pretender? Are we the real deal? Are we authentic, true? It, you know, is it me? Is, it, is, it, is this question even important? It was important... To John, it was super important. In fact, seven times in this letter, he says something like this. If we claim, if we say, but then something else, he says it's not the truth. There's no truth there. We're going to look at those. We'll, we'll read through those quickly. But today's passage is number seven of seven, which is why I'm going to uh, focus on it today. Let's look at verses 20 and 21. It says, if anyone says, I love God, Yet, hates his brother, he is a liar. For anyone who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And he has given us this command, whoever loves God must also love his brother. If anyone says, I love God, you know, uh, we, we can say that I love God. He's the most important thing in my life. And yet, Because of my life and, and, and what's going on in my heart and my life, it, it, it doesn't add up. It's just not true. It's a lie my, if my life isn't showing it. And, and we can make a claim, but, but you know, we can say things all day long, but, but, but those are just words, right? It'd be just words. Let's, let's look back quickly, you know, starting in chapter 1. Uh, the first time he says it here in verse 6, he says, If we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. If we say, I, you know, I, I just am fellowshipping with God all day long, and yet, I, you know, my life is like full of darkness and the, the things of this world that are dark, he says it's not true. Why? Because God is light. If we're having fellowship with a God who is light, as John has told us, 
in the verse before, that light is going to come and be a part of our lives. Look at verse 8. He says it again. Number two, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Now that one there, like to me, is like, like that's just so obvious. How untrue is that? I've, you know, I've, I've just reached this, the pinnacle of spiritual life. And, and, you know, I used to have trouble with sin. You know, but now, not I used to have trouble with that sin. I used to have trouble with sin at all. But now, you know, I just, but I'm a pastor after all. You know, that, that, that gives you a special pastor card, you know, that gets you, well, actually gets you out of jail. That's what it does. Verse 10, he says it again the third time. This is the third time in one chapter. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar. Now we're calling God a liar, and his word has no place in our lives. So three times in the first chapter, he's saying, you know, we claim, we claim, we claim, we say these things. But something isn't adding up in our lives. Are we just pretending? Chapter 2, he, does, he, he, he says it again three more times in chapter 2. Look at verse 4. He says, the man who says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar, and the truth is not in him. The man who says, I know God, I know God. Man, I know him. I remember that uh, movie uh, Elf. One of my favorites. I know. It's weird. <laughs> But, you know, Elf says, he says, I know him. He's talking about Santa. He sees, all, he sees all these guys running around, you know, with Santa suits at Christmas in New York City. And he says, I know him. But we can say, you know, I know God. I just know him. And it's the most important thing in life. And it is the most important thing in life to know Jesus. He says, I, you know, the man who says I know him but doesn't do what he commands, if, he says it's a lie. It's just a lie. You don't know him if you're not doing what he says. If your life is like way off the rails, it's just a lie. It's not true. The next one, verse 6, he says, uh, whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. Whoever claims, you say, you know, I'm born again. I live in Him. But yet, if we're not walking like Him, if we, if we don't, you know, if we're not showing it in our lives, it, it's, you know, people should be able to see something. Again, not perfection here. I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about a consistency with what we profess and what we say, what we claim. Verse 9, anyone who claims to be in the light but hates his brother is still in the darkness. Anyone who claims. And then, and then that brings us to number 7, which is our verse uh, in verse 20 of chapter 4, our, our verses for today. If anyone says, I love God, yet hates his brother, he is a liar. So he talks about all these different things. We, we claim we have fellowship with God. We claim to be, you know, that, that, 
we, we never sin, we claim we know Him, we claim we're born again, we claim we're in the light, and, and all these things about the, really what it means to be a Christian is what it, what it all boils down to. And yet, it's not, it's not happening in our lives. It's, it doesn't add up. John is, the, is real big on these contrasts, you know. He, 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 see thing, he sees things in like black and white contrasts, you know. And here, the contrast is, you know, love and hate. But right along with that is lies and truth. Love and hate, lies and truth. He, he, he comes out in all these verses. If you lie, you know, if you don't live by the truth, it's a lie. We deceive ourselves. The truth is not in us. We make God out to be a liar. And are we going to be true? Is it true? Is it true in my life? Is it authentic? Is it real? Or am I just putting on this big Christian show? It says if, if, uh, if anyone says... If anyone says, I love God, yet hates his brother, he's a liar. We've got to just stop the pretending, you know. Don't say something, you know, because you heard someone else say it. Oh, praise God. I, you know, I just had this vision when it, when it isn't even true. You know, we, we, we use words, we use phrases, we act all spiritual when, 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 when it's not even there. Let's drop all that nonsense, because that just is just a show. Now, he says here, you know, if we say these things, that I love God, but hating my brother. Now, we, you know, this is, this is a present tense verb here. I'm, I'm saying that he's saying that he is hating. It's, it's an ongoing thing. And, and, and you know, we kind of say, well, you know, I'm not walking around hating. Would you think that? You say, well, that doesn't apply to me because, uh, you know, I, I'm not like walking around hating everybody. I'm not a hater. You know, we use that word. Oh, you're such a hater. Why do we say that to somebody? Because of something they've said or they've done and it looks like they really are angry. If you have this unforgiveness in your heart, that's like hate. We're not willing to help somebody. He, he's going to talk about that, and he, he did talk about that, actually, that we don't especially like. But I am so spiritual. But I don't like you, so get out of me. Get out of my face. I don't want to even look at you. I don't much less help you. You know, there was, I've told this story uh, before, you know, that I worked at a company in Connecticut and there was a manager there. And I asked him something, if I could, if I could do something. And he said no. And you know what? I, it, it just was bubbling up in me, this anger. I was mad. And every time I saw him in the hallway, it was like there, it's like Boom. And it's not, it wasn't a huge, you know, company, you know, the, it's a big company, but this place where we worked. So I'd see him all the time. But I, I realized, you know, I was wrong. That I was wrong. 
And so uh, I think the idea came from God, uh, you know, that I needed to begin to pray for him. And I began to pray God's blessings on this man. And you know what? Something changed. Guess what changed? Yeah, me. I changed. And the most interesting thing about it, uh, in the end, was God worked everything all out and gave me just what I wanted, but even better. You see, but we're so prone to that. We get, we get upset, we get angry, we get hurtful. Uh, and, and, you know, well, I'm not hating everybody, but, you know, are you really treating people right? Am I treating people right? Am I showing hostility? says, I love God, yet he hates his brother. He says he's a liar. It's just a lie. It's not true. It's just not true. Where do the lies come from? Who's the father of lies? We're called to love, he says, and, and this is the, the premise that he's got in this whole area here. We're called to love and not to hate because he first loved us. Look back in chapter 3 and verse 16. He said, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. If anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? He says we ought to lay down our lives. And if we have stuff, and we see somebody who needs stuff, we need to take our stuff and give them that stuff, or at least some of it. That's what love is. Care for, to reach out, to help. And again, I, I've seen that over and over and over again. Who gets blessed when you give and help someone else? Yeah, they get blessed, but we get blessed more. Jesus said it, it's more blessed to what? Give than to receive. We get blessed. He says there, for anyone who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. That's kind of an interesting thought there, isn't it? But... But he says anyone who doesn't love his brother, and, and so it's kind of like the family. I think, I think uh, you know, love one another, he, primarily he's talking about the family, in the, in the family of God, right? But does that mean that it doesn't mean, you know, that we don't love anybody else who's not a Christian? No, of course not. But I was thinking about families, and, and you know... <laughs> There's so many family problems, aren't there? Think about your own family now. Are there any splinters in your family where, you know, this person doesn't talk to that person? I can think about it within my own family. And that's not the way it's supposed to be. That's not love. That's a, that's a form of hate. I'm not going to talk to you anymore. Charles Spurgeon said that this idea of brother, he said it's, he said it's to be under, understood in the widest possible sense and that we are all brothers 
springing from the same common parent. And that is true. You know, I used to, you know, people use that phrase. They'll say, hey, brother. And I'm thinking, you're not my brother. And you're not a Christian, so why are you calling me brother? But the truth is we are, we're all brothers and sisters on this planet because we, had, we have a common ancestor. Adam and Eve are the, you know, the parents. So we really are brothers and sisters in a sense. So we can't say, well, I'm a, okay, okay, I'll love the people in the church, but I'm not going to love them other people. Maybe there's somebody in your own family you need to like, get right with. Maybe you need to reach out. There are people, like I said, in my family that they won't talk to each other, but, but, but you know, I reach out to each one of them because I know I need to keep it up. Now, I, you know, I can't make them talk to each other, but I can talk to them. I can keep up with them. This idea of loving someone that you can see. If you don't love the people that you, can, that you can see, then to say that you love God who you can't see, you know, it does, that, doesn't, that doesn't work, in other words. Somebody said that we don't love the Lord a bit more than we love the humblest of his followers. We're having really a lot of trouble with someone. And, you know, then we go to church and we're, you know, raising our hands and we're shouting to the Lord and all that. You know, there's something, you know, it's it just, we need to get that right. That's why that, you know, Jesus said, you know, if you, if you go and you want to bring your gift, he said you have this problem with someone, well, put the gift down and go take care of that and then come back and bring the gift because it, the, they work together, you see. And that's what he's saying here in this passage. These things work together. Loving one another and loving God, they work together. You're not loving one another, but you say you love God. Well, then you don't really love God because you're not loving one another. Someone said it's easier to love and serve a visible human being than an invisible God. But I was thinking about this, and I, the context and what, what a, the point I've been trying to make is this idea of saying one thing and doing another, claiming. And in, in a sense, it's easier to pretend that we love the invisible God than it is to pretend we love that person that's right there in front of us. I think uh, it's pretty obvious here. But we can pretend, oh, you know, I'm, I love God, you know. I, I, I fellowship with him. I was talking to him this morning. And yet, you won't talk to your wife or your husband or your friend or your brother or, your, or somebody that you're angry at. Jesus, you know, this word hypocrisy... Literally, the literal translation of hypocrisy is to put on a mask, to play the part. And Jesus hated hypocrisy. You know, you know people say, well, you know, I, I don't want to go to church because there's a bunch of hypocrites there. Well, the truth is we're all hypocrites to one degree or another. 
But Jesus hated hypocrisy, and so did the Apostle Paul. Jesus hated it, you know, immensely. In, in fact, in the, in the book of Matthew, he, he talks about it over and over, chapter 6, chapter 7, chapter 15, chapter 16, chapter 22, chapter 23, chapter 24, over and over. And in chapter 23, he mentions it seven times. That he hates hypocrisy. That's putting on an act, especially a spiritual act. You know what? Just drop it, Jesus is saying. You know, he's, and he's talking to who when he's, when he's using these words? The Pharisees who were the spiritual leaders, the spiritual people, supposedly. One verse, I'm only going to read you one out of chapter 23. He says, in the same way, on the outside you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. They're putting on this show, putting on this outward thing. And he wasn't, he wasn't going to have it. He called them out on it. Paul the Apostle, uh, in Galatians chapter 2, Peter was being a total hypocrite. And Paul called him out. He confronted him directly in front of other people. Why? Because it was affecting other people. In Galatians 2, verse 13, it says, The other Jews joined him, joined Peter, in his hypocrisy, so that by their hypocrisy, even Barnabas was led astray. You know, even Barnabas was pulled aside by this hypocrisy of Peter the, you know, Peter, the Peter, the rock of the church, right? Now, if Peter can fall to something like that, what about us? What about you? What about me? What about Ananias and Sapphira? Remember them? <laughs> oh, man. Warren Wearsby said their sin was hypocrisy. Their sin was hypocrisy. They were trying to make people think they were more generous and spiritual than they really were. That's, that's true. It's not that they needed to give more. It's that they pretended to give everything they had. They pretended to give so much. It was, but, it, but it wasn't true. It wasn't true. The hypocrisy, it, it, you know, it... it well, how did that end up for them? Not good. Now, I don't think they lost their salvation or anything, but it, it affected them right here and right now, this, this putting on this show. Finally, verse 21 says, He, he has given us this command, whoever loves God must also love his brother. So it's, it's like these two uh, and when Jesus was asked about the greatest commandment, he gave two. He said, the first is love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is, is uh, to love your neighbor as yourself. But, but he kind of combined them. And this is the command. He says, you keep this commandment, you've done it all. But, but they, go, they go together, you see. You can't separate them. 
Jesus said, by this, all will know that you are my disciples. What? If you have love for one another, people will know that you are my disciples. In other words, that you really love God. They will know that you really love God because you love one another. But if you're not loving one another, you're going to say, I don't care if you say you love God, you pretend to love God, but you don't. Because it's not happening. There's something wrong here. Something missing. Something left out. I ask you the question, but do we love one another here? You'd probably say, of course we do. Of course we do, but do we really? I find in, in, uh, that, that it's a choice. Do we really love one another? Do I really love my wife, my kids, my grandkids, the people in the church? It's, we have to ask the question sometime, are we pretending or is this real? Is it a real deal? And if, it, and if it's not, we, we need to go back to the Lord and, and ask him, help me. Again, it's, it's where I started this idea of prayer. I can't do it. I need your help. Can't do it. Last verse I want to read, back to chapter 3 again, verse 18. John says, Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. This then is how we know that we belong to the truth. Let's, let's not just use words. Let's do something. Let's, let's make it real because... You know, don't pretend. You know, if it's not there, don't pretend that it is. Well, sometimes we just need to, like, get, get busy and get, get about it. Get on it. Make some initiative. Make some action. Because that's where the truth is. Amen? Amen. And let's uh, pray together, shall we? Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. It's so convicting and, and yet... <clears throat> that's what we need. We, we need to be convicted. We need to be challenged. And, and yet, even in the middle of that, we find encouragement to, to carry on, to go on, to keep striving, and as Paul said, to press toward the mark. We haven't reached it yet. We haven't attained, but yet we'll pr- we, we want to press toward the mark for the prize, for the goal of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. So Lord, we just drop us, we just drop the the pretense, especially here, especially here, Lord. We we pray that we could really help one another in, in this life, and it's a hard life. It's a hard, hard planet we live on we're called to help one another, to love one another, to serve one another, to walk with each other down this path. Lord, help us. We confess we can't do it without you. Maybe there's just something in your own mind you've been thinking about. Some things I need to take care of. He'll help you. He'll help me.
Just lay it out. Lay it out before him right now. Father, as we close, I want to pray too for any maybe that don't know you at all. But they want to. Maybe if that's you today, you can, you can open your heart and life to Jesus and let him in. And, and he, will, he will work in your life. He will transform you and he will give you a brand new life. And you can pray with me right now and say, Jesus, I'm lost. I need you in my life. So please come in today. Save me, rescue me. I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's all stand together, shall we? And sing this beautiful song that Chris was playing for us.